Oh, Merry Christmas. This festive episode of Cinema Swirl is brought to you with the support of our wonderful backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. This month, for $5 OTP backers, we've released a full video version of episode 100 ET, plus a Cinema Swirl of Mac and Me. Also, you'll get access to every previous episode of Cinema Swirl. Do you fancy listening to Kevin and myself reviewing the Star Wars prequels over the holiday season? Well, that's your only way to do it. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl sign up or indeed to find out more right enough about that it's christmas so let's get swirling Cinema Swirl! Tis the season where you're confronted with fun. It's episode number 101. <laughs> Coming to you from the holly jolly mountaintop of the North Pole, aka Hollywood, California, where me, Captain Santa Kevin Mann, and my OTP, Sam Chaplin, Bonjour. Uh, bonjour. We're going to sleigh ride down this big old frosty track of Hollywood classics that he has not seen for the 101st time. Welcome. It's lovely to be here. I feel very festive. I'll uh, tell you what, those number rhymes are the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Ooh, I'll tell you, we didn't go. A lot of people might be listening going, where's Bundred for fun? As you yeah. previously earmarked uh, behind a paywall. And all I'll say is I've had a more of a think and realized yeah. it's not the constraint of having the double rhyme. It's actually freeing you up to two whole other worlds. Yeah. You're making sentences now, folks. That's the type of rhyme that we're getting, you know? Yeah, we're here on Cinema Swell confronting you with fun this Christmas and I'm, yes. I'm ready to have some fun. I know what you might be thinking. The second hundred rhyme and I, the height of my hubris will it continue? I can only assume it will, you know? I can. So tell me, Sam, if we were to yeah. have a bit of a vote right now, Holly or Jolly or both, how are you feeling? I'm feeling jolly. Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. jolly. I'm in the festive mood. Yeah. It's cold, but it's, you know, it's that good kind of Christmassy cold where you can wrap up and get all, all cosy. You look very festive right now. And I, Thank I, you. I know we're on a, a visual format here, but I can confirm for the capacity audience in attendance that Sam Chaplin looks rate Christmassy. I continue to look Chris. I always look a bit Christmassy, generally yeah. speaking. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, that is the hairy bearded way. What's the most Christmassy thing you've done so far? What's got you primed into, you know, you feel like you're on third gear of Christmas right now on the on the motorway, getting up to speed here. Myself and Sophie, my partner, we went to Amsterdam this past weekend and we went specifically to a little Christmas tree decoration shop. A little shop oh. that was just decked out with tree decorations. It was tiny, though, and obviously it's very popular because we're so close to Christmas. So I felt Christmassy being in there because I was literally just surrounded by tree decorations, but I also felt very anxious as a big man with a big coat on yeah. in a tiny little... You know the stores where it's like, ring, ding, 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 ding? <laughs> Just Christmas tree, thank you. You know, it'd be very kind of, you know. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you're listening back in 2020 or 2021 at Christmas, that seems like a nightmare situation. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, how times have changed. So, yeah, just, you know, de decorating, you know, putting all the stuff on, you know. Putting up that Christmas tree, you know. Proper crimbo, I tell thee. I'll tell you, I've had a little Christmas getaway. Yeah. I've put up the tree. Gifts have been wrapped. 
and dare I say more promptly than usual because of the threat of, of continued mail strikes and where we are at the moment. But, and I'll tell you this, this was unintentionally Christmassy. I caught myself in a hallmark moment where I was doing the Christmas cards. We had the list of all the Christmas cards and I went, I better go and get some Blooming well, stamps then for these Christmas cards, given it is the season and all that. And again, the the impending mail strikes were at the forefront of my mind. So I went yep. down to the to the post office and I bought some stamps. And I was like, these are ex- these are very expensive. And then I, I did all the Christmas cards and realized that with more Christmas cards this year than last year, which in itself is very holly and jolly. So I had to go back to the mail office and queue up. And they saw me and they went, are you coming back for more stamps? And I went, <laughs> I know, I, I, I've actually not gotten enough for the Christmas cards now. Would you would you look at that? And I couldn't help but glow in that moment and I hate myself for it. Look, Kevin, I'm happy to go along with your story, but we, we all know that you've been eating stamps again and you need to... <laughs> you know. It's delicious. It's <laughs> you, delicious. Yeah, it's something to do with that new glue they've been putting on them. It's tasty. I can't get enough. Absolutely love them. From a young age as well, I want to point out, right, from a young age, I was earmarked as a boy who could lick more than his fair share of <laughs> envelopes. Because <laughs> I get a good deal of enjoyment out of it, you know? You say you're doing more Christmas cards than usual. Have you succumbed to the wet sponge technique or are you still licking? Sam, why do you think I'm even sending them out in the first place? I want to lick the cards. Wanna, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to lick the cards. And then Joel always go to me, she'd be like, oh, doesn't that remind you of the thing in Seinfeld about the person who died from doing exactly that? And I go, I know, it only is a tasty. It makes me feel like a badass. Yeah. So, so that's double... Double Christmas. It's an exciting risk. Yeah, I feel very festive, very happy to be here on the festive Christmas... Festive Christmas swirl. I can't remember what we call it. Festive Christmas swirl. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue, exactly. And there's nothing more festive than what we have on our plates today. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> what... What have you got under your mistletoe, old jolly Saint Nick? Why, Kevin and Sam, it's your obligation from last year. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. Yay! Yeehaw! The Americans have finally got what they wanted, and yes, we are... to come home to roost in America. <laughs> we are reviewing a Christmas story. Which one? No, no, no. We are reviewing... A Christmas story. It's called a Christmas story. And I know usually around Christmas time they just call it story, you know. Yeah, yeah. Other, yeah. other than that, it's known as a Christmas story. It's like Brazil nuts in Brazil. They're just nuts. <laughs> exactly, <right there>. yeah. <laughs> you ever have a chocolate covered nut while in Brazil? Oh, marrom. Now, normally on Cinema Swell, it's like, oh, Sam doesn't know anything about the film. Oh, but I feel like I'm sort of representing the UK and indeed Ireland, I assume. Whoa! The- who, who told you that? <laughs> It's that, it's that British assumption of just like, oh, I can, I can you know, l- lump that, Ireland that as, well. as well. I want that, like, yeah. In saying that we all collectively don't know about this film, right? Well, you know, the, the rule was that this is Cinema Swirl, so I have seen this. I yeah, said that I would watch it. it in the intervening time, yeah. and I did. One heady August morning, I... <laughs> I watched Christmas Story, and I have been dreading this day every day for nine months since, where I am hoping I had something more to say about its impact upon me other than, yeah, 
And I may may think that that was because I watched it again. I need to specify under the duress of obligation yes. and in August, which I don't think is how the creators of Christmas Story nor its advocates would have wanted me to. But the Cinema Swirl fan base are stone cold mad. And yes. They don't suffer fools gladly. And I wasn't going to be coming on to this show having not done the homework, the due diligence, so this could actually be. We don't want another void situation. We no. all we all went there and went to the void in Godzilla. No. I'm not I'm not going back there. <laughs> no, 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 the droning wasn't that nice. It wasn't that nice. No. You know, it wasn't worth it. So here we are in Cinema Swirl with probably the lightest parsley dust sprinkle of I have seen this movie before. Yeah, you have fulfilled your obligations so that you technically have watched this film. Now, if pre-Swirl was changed from like the first fun kind of 25 minutes of Cinema Swirl and that turned into like a form where you just ticked stuff yeah. Yeah, done know, it. To, to proceed, I would have ticked that box. Okay. I mean, can I ask you if you... But do you have any fond memories of your time watching a Christmas? No, story? honestly not. No, it may it like like it felt like it was in like an RPG game where I was like fire type, and then someone cast a fire spell, and I just kind of went, right. and it you know a zero floated by me, and that that was it. Like you know, okay, but you wouldn't have been in the mood at that time of year, so maybe it didn't affect you because you had a kind of seasonal buff, and but- it was weird as well because. Watching something that you know it's for Cinema Swirl, but then knowing that you've got a nine-month window before you're going to have to watch it again. Yeah. Because I, I have to watch it again now. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's not Cinema Swirl. It's not, oh, pre-Swirl, and then Kevin reflects on something he watched nine months ago, and no. then we talk about No, I have to watch it again now. So I had this kind of, like, podcasting blue balls business going on then, where I was like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I was also anxious about the fact that I had literally nothing to say about it because, again, I have to stress it was in August. Yeah. And I realize now that this might be one of the least festive things that we've done now ever for Cinema Swirl, yes, alone mm. a festive swirl, because I think I've talked about the month of August a lot more than Christmas up until this point. Yes. Well, this is our festive swirl, but I feel like there's a lot of content coming out around this time that will kind of feel yeah. that. That probably feels more festive than, yeah. than this one. Right. I want to address the kind of cultural dead zone uh, in terms of this film. Yes. Because we have American Christmas movies over here that become popular and become part of our tradition. By the bucket load. Yeah, but this one... I mean, I will say it's not its not through lack of it being shown, because I think there's a theory that, like, oh, it's shown all the time in America, true, right. and it's never shown here. It is and has been shown mm. here. Not as much as maybe some other classics. Yeah. But, like, I know people who have seen this, and they saw it, like, in the 90s, and they saw it in the 90s. Like, you know, they, they saw it on TV. I think ITV has played it a few times it's okay. on the sky movies rotation here this neck of the woods yeah. so it, it, it does exist it's just again doing a lot for it here ominously it just feels like the reaction i had in august it feels like the movie public here that was the reaction they had entirely when this movie came out it just didn't get its claws in why didn't is catch that on. no i wonder why? i don't know if it has a deeply american sensibility to it i don't know if it's kind of but like a- so does jingle all the way and yeah. like gremlins <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'm fucking diehard <laughs> and they've all caught on so why hasn't this but all the americans in the comments all the, all the north americans 
have been insistent that like we should watch this and it is at that level of importance around Christmas time. And we're both we're primed now. We're we're warmed up Christmas wise. Yeah. We're not coming in cold like this is the first no, no, festive no. thing we're doing. We're Holly and Jolly as established yeah. earlier. Yeah, you're Holly, I'm Jolly, and together we are Cinema Swirl. Merry Christmas. Hey. <laughs> I don't know what to expect with this. I know there's a little boy. I can tell you the extent of all I know about A Christmas Story. Okay. There's a little blonde boy with little glasses who looks a little bit like a young Sam Chaplin. (laughs) He kind of has... (laughs) Would it surprise you, Stone, that little young Kevin looked a lot like that as well? I was a very blonde boy who became very chestnut, hazelnut, pecan and almond. All the nuts. We were all the little boy from A Christmas Story, and now we are where we are. Except they've done a sequel to this that is running on now as well, and the little boy, and I mean this with all due respect, has grown into a little man. (laughs) Yes, and he, again, you know how you had to fulfil a contractual obligation to watch this film? Yes, yes. He had the look of a man who's fulfilled a, you know... Yes, and he also has the look of a man where that happened also in August. It really feels like... (laughs) He's wearing yeah. his coat. He doesn't really want to, you know. It almost feels like, I guess, maybe the like the convention signings money has finally dried up and he's like, okay, I'll do a, a sequel to A Christmas Story. But I know nothing about that guy. I know nothing about though, him. Because it's, it's not like Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone. Like, you know, yeah. this was... Obviously, it's very endeared and very part of the culture of the Christmas time viewing experience in America. But it's not like... I don't think this movie has... You know, it's not like it was the, the runaway box office all-time smash, like the kid right. became a multi-trillionaire nine times over like Macaulay Culkin and he could do yeah, his yeah. Velvet Underground Pizza albums in his free time <laughs> then, you know. And he can get booed off the stage at Nottingham. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's not, there was Nottingham that did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I told him they should, what, there was at a festival, wasn't it? Yeah, some kind of like city-wide music festival they came on. They should have done it at Hooters like I suggested. <laughs> <laughs> They're much more open to pizza pun-based music there than they would have been at the festivals. They are. This film is not given much away with its title either. Well, what, like, if it's a Christmas story and we know it's American, what are American Christmas things that are going to happen? Thanksgiving. <laughs> I need to get the biscuits and gravy for Christmas dinner. Or whatever they eat over there. Oh, Gee, there's an idea oh. now, folks, huh? I'll report back. <laughs> I will. I don't know. I, I I assume it can't be the fucking chasing after a toy thing again. Toys are a part of Christmas, Toys right? are a part of Christmas, yeah. Yeah. Gifts, you know? Is that, is that You expect there to be gift-based plot lines? Look, Santa's going to make an appearance. I'd bet big on that. He's going to yeah. show up. Sam, are you putting it all on red? Is that what you're saying? I'm, <laughs> it's Christmas. I'm putting it all on red. I reckon Santa's showing his face. Or at least, like, the bottom half of his face and his boots and his little belt around his waist. I don't know if he's showing, you know, full Santa face. What, like it's an ad for a creamery or something, or a mi- brand of milk where they just want to show you a glimpse of Santa Claus. Yeah. It's like, oh, by the way, I don't know if this is an advert that is, is on over here, but while I was away in the Netherlands, I saw a Pepsi Max advert that had Father Christmas caught on security cameras drinking a cheeky Pepsi Max when he's oh. famously a Coke guy, and he's ah, like, the good. holidays are coming, dude. And it's like, oh, naughty Santa. Oh, I shouldn't be doing that. What, well, na- naughty the, boy. The, the one I saw outside Lightopia in Prestwich said, Pepsi Max, maximum Christmas. That's the one right. we had. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know Christmas. if we got the cool rye one that you got over there. No. In, in mainland Europe. I, I don't know. But I reckon Santa's showing up. The boy's got to do something. 
<sighs> gonna be funny or is it gonna be sweet? Sweet and funny, slime and gross and over the top type of humor? Mm, or no. Oh, we learned a lesson about Christmas. We learned that Christmas is the most important date in the Thanksgiving calendar. I'm sorry, I've got, I've got those two things. <laughs> How do they have that many roast dinners? I know, yeah. We need a, a, an additional roast dinner holiday, I think. We need to have another one. Do you one. think that the Americans just like pretend to do Christmas? They're actually doing a Kraken Thanksgiving. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, what you get up to? Uh, uh, turkey? Yeah. P- presents? Uh. <laughs> I've got a, a, an adjective I'm going to use for this film, what I imagine it's going to be like. Saccharin. Saccharin. Yeah. Saccharin. Cloying? Me- oh, it could be cloying. It could be cloying. There could be a bit of clo- I. Uh. Are you imagining, like, a cake that's come in a can with a lot of juices <laughs> compressed into it as well? Or is, oh, I'm very hungry now. You can tell it's the Christmas season. I'm picturing a can cake. I've got cake. treats on the brain. <laughs> I've got nothing to go on. I've got nothing to go on. There's a little boy, and he does something. Does he, maybe he saves Christmas. Maybe he is Christmas. Okay, here's one that might, might hone in your expectations. Okay. Fantastical or grounded are we getting a boots on the ground christmas at the coalface or are we getting liberal elite islington champagne sipping socialites father christmas and reindeer and and snow magic and elves okay i think grounded with allusions and some slight references to the fantastical a little bit the of the magic, magic of, christmas. of christmas okay yeah all right yeah yeah so we're elevating the grounded reality of christmas with the very same magic of christmas ultimately i think what christmas is about is the magic of christmas and the imagination of a child at christmas see what is here he's layering the christmasy flavor there and yeah. that reminds the dish that it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's going to be Christmassy. It's going to be very Christmassy. There's no doubt in my mind. What Christmas cracking song, what Christmas cracker is this movie most going to be like? You know? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Energy-wise, where are we going with? Are we going for a proper mm. hot jazz? Is it a wombling Christmas? Or no. is it going to be a... I wish it was it World War One for Germans and snow food. Is it gonna be one of that you know like British shit Christmas? Hey now. I look I don't think Noddy Holder's gonna be coming around the corner knocking on the door saying, It's Christmas I don't think that's yes, gonna happen. But in this movie, will your granny always <laughs> tell you that the old songs are the bears? I wonder if it might be a kind of we'll have a holly jolly Christmas. And at the end of the night, oh, I don't like that old snow. And then old Joe Snow comes down for a blow. You know, that kind of shy Christmas, you know? Yeah, I think it's it's quite far down on the Christmas Crackers playlist, the song that would represent this movie. Okay. I yeah. I don't think you're very excited about this. No, no. I, look, I've got to admit I'm not, but I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about it. And I'll tell you as well, it's made me very appreciative of having done The Great Escape because I had a cracking time watching that. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to watch The Great Escape again this year, well. but... It has me primed for watching longer than usual movies over the holly jolly period. 
Nice. Look, I'm, I'm coming to this with openness. I'm not dismissive of it yet, but I, I, I'm trepidatious. I'm having a trepidatious Christmas. I'm not sure. I'm uncertain, but I'm interested. Intriguing. Yeah. Do you want to go into Santa's old bag before we watch <laughs> this old movie? Yeah, tell you what, let's have a little dig into Santa's old bag. Santa old bag. <coughs> well, ho, ho, ho. Welcome to Santa's old mailbag. Thank you, as ever, for your questions, queries, comments, and other stuff. If you've got some of those, you can send them in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Open brackets or the socials. Or the socials. Shrugging eye emoji. Yeah. You know, all the socials. In fact, all of these have come in to the socials. Uh, so thank you for your socials. Our first question is from Ross, who asks the following. Dear Kevin, in an earlier episode, you mentioned your corner shop still has a Captain Boomerang action figure for sale. My question is, is it still there? And if so, why haven't you bought it for Sam? Um, that's a kind of gifting question. Since then, I've moved. That's how old that, that is. I think I've moved house since then. Ah, okay. That's the corner shop from the previous place where i lived so right i honestly couldn't tell you that being said when that happened there was a, a higher percentage sighting in the wild of captain boomerang across all stores in salford yeah, and yeah. manchester you went into a <laughs> b&m you'd probably find one you went into a john lewis you'd probably find one you know yeah you know that that's basically what it is andy burnham at one point was actually captain boomerang <laughs> All of these stores, they have tried to get rid of their Captain Boomerang action figures, but they just keep coming back. That's the it, yeah. It's, there. It's, so. it's really thrown a spanner in the works or a boomerang <laughs> in the ecosystem in this case. And if you go to the works, they have <laughs> Captain Boomerang figures. Exactly, well. yeah. Yeah, thank you very much, Ross. Next question, simple question from James. Sam, Kevin, Merry Christmas. Which country has the best Christmas songs in your opinion? I can answer this. British, mate. Best of British. Get Noddy in. Get him saying it's Christmas. And I'm I'm happy. Oh fuck! I hate that you're right. Yeah, because it's yeah, like yeah. like Ireland. Like we, you had a few ditties here and in there and all that, but we very much like that. I was fed the diet of now. That's what I call Christmas, and now yeah. what they call Christmas was mostly UK Christmas songs. And here's yeah. the thing: I'd say I, if we list them all up, I'd probably would score as many you know American ones. And I'm going to pull in Krista Berg, as has my absolute all-time favourite Christmas okay, song. He's yeah, representing yeah. Ireland there. Spaceman did come travelling, and it yeah. raises a lot of questions what you think happened at Christmas, yeah. and you think happened at the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because it went na 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 but way slower and sexier and more powerful than that. But the problem with the American Christmas music catalogue mm. is that there are a whole genre, like country western Christmas music alone is like borderline and an affront to me. I just can't like, I like country music a lot of the time, but country Western Christmas music. No, 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 no. Cause it's not my, it's not my Christmas. It's no. speaking to a vibe that does not exist at that time of year. And there's also things like where it'll be like, you put on the top 100 Christmas songs on Spotify and then it'll be like the Christmas shoes. And that is actually a fucking song. <laughs> it is. The Christmas shoes. It's like, Christmas shoes, Christmas shoes. They are Christmas, Christmas all the shoes. shoes. <laughs> so, um, and I will say as well, if we're bringing in all of Europe and all that as well. Sure. Again, it's how I was raised, but oh, come all ye faithful. You know, yeah. you're, I'm talking about some of the old, the old Christmas carols, you know? Yeah. 
I, no, I, I can see that. But now that Badil and Skinner have released a Christmas version of Football's Coming Home, Three Lions, I mean, we, we've now got the greatest song of all time within the Christmas canon. So it's game over for all the other countries, you know. I wish they'd do a Christmas version of Meat Pie Sausage Roll. Or <laughs> Meat Pie Greg's Festive Greg... <laughs> Greg's Festive <laughs> Mint. Bake. Give us a uh, great goal. Mince Pie Festive Bake. <laughs> Come on, England. Come on, England. Don't put on bloody sad Greg Lake. (laughs) More Christmas footy songs is what I should say. You know, give me more of them. Do it again. Keep doing it. So thank you, James. Bit of best of British. Two more questions. Two more questions. Okay. First question from uh, Wrestling Referees Are Wizards on Twitter, uh, who writes the following. You've said you've never ruined Christmas, but have either of you ever saved Christmas? Hope you both have a great holiday. Now, I can't remember if I've told the story, and this is completely ignoring what the question is here, told the story of my brother ruining Christmas for my dad a few years ago. I don't think so. I've not. My dad's a big George Michael fan, massive fan. And he, of course, died on, on Christmas Day a few years back. George Michael. What, your brother did it? No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) On its Christmas Day! What what a spiteful thing to do. What a thing to do! So, we... Awful stuff. But the news only came out sort of quite late at night, and so we'd had a lovely family Christmas. It had been really, really sweet. And just as my dad was like, what a great Christmas, I'm just off to bed, and was like up the stairs. (laughs) My, My brother went... Oh, George Michael's died. And no! and then just soured Christmas, that Christmas completely for my dad. And oh. we, we've always thought that my brother should have just waited. My, my dad would have found out in the morning, but it wouldn't have... Yeah, but he was going off to a cold, <laughs> dark room to reflect on it. Literally hand on the banister, like halfway oh. up the stairs. Like, what a no. great Christmas. Another one in the books. And then that, and that came out. And imagine full of Christmas dinner and food yeah. as well. You have that then? No. Oh. No, but I, I don't know if I've ever saved Christmas. What I probably should oh, have sorry, done. Oh, I that. thought you'd be like, and then I brought them back to life. And everything. No, <laughs> no, no, that wasn't you setting up there. And I saved Christmas. If I could go back in time to save Christmas, I would slap the phone out of my brother's hand and just like c- cover his mouth and say, "Just don't, don't say anything." That's how I would do it. That would be the Christmas that I would know how to save. But I've never had to save Christmas. I feel very lucky to have not had to be in a position where I need to save Christmas. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like the closest I ever came to that was I remember. I remember my dad really wanted to go see Paul McCartney and it was like on like Christmas Eve, the concert. Mm. And I just, because I worked at the community radio station, you know, yeah. which is how I learned how to do all this. Hey. Talk, talking into a microphone. Thank you for FM. But I knew people there who knew people who knew people who wanted to sell a ticket. So we got them. But like, I don't think it would have, Christmas would have been ruined. No, but it was improved. But, and that was the concert as well. I told the story before, Paul McCartney got hit in the head with a marker. And that Uh, was, like, that's an all-time Christmas moment for me where him, like, kind of go, ding dong, ding dong, ah, fuck! Ah. (laughs) You ding-donged me! Well, there we go. So thank you for that question. And one one more question from a different James who writes the following. Silent James. And James actually corrects the question half, halfway through here. Dick Edward Sam, do you still believe in Father Christmas? Check that. Have you ever believed in Father Christmas? Would Kevin make for a good Father Christmas slash Santa Claus with his booming giant's voice and great big beard? Here's James. Now, you mentioned before that you are kind of naturally festive yes. and Christmassy, visually. Yes. Have you ever had to be Father Christmas? No, never. No. Ever, 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 ever. 
which is, I has know anyone asked you? No one's ever asked me. No, I, no actually, I, no, I have been asked because yeah. I do odd like bits and bobs here and in, in there in betwixt podcasting so I don't go crazy. So I, I've yeah, done yeah. all manner of random, strange. Jo- if I show up on your company's proprietary training software, <laughs> send me a message and I'll give you passwords for all the answers <laughs> so you can become privacy compliant without yeah. no one really. No, I won't. I can't. But yeah, I have gotten things before where it's like, oh, Trafford Centre nearby or whoever it is, they're looking for Christmas Santas. Now, I briefly shared a house with someone who did that job like every other year. They did it in Australia, I believe, as well. And they had said that it was at the time quite a well-paying job and quite a a difficult one to, to get lucrative Mm. But any time I've seen it around the Manchester way, it has been like like a really poorly paid position, as in like it's something that's... The way they're pricing it is like they're treating it like this is the bottom of the barrel type of thing that you could apply for and get paid for, which I think that's weird because I always thought a store centre, particularly in like a big shopping centre, you you know, that, that shit's taken seriously, you know, and yeah. I, I thought that, you know, it's not just let's get someone off a website for the lowest amount of money legally possible. So I, as a result, I've always thought like, oh, I don't want to go do a Santa gig and it be kind of like cheap and naff. If I want to do yeah. Santa, I want to, I'll, I'll give you, I've got a good Santa in me for sure. I want to be asked by Tony Soprano to do it for the community children <laughs> type of a thing. I'm not, you know. Well, that's what I was picturing. I wasn't picturing like a necessarily a paid gig. I was picturing like, a, oh, Kevin, come on, you've got a beard. Help us out. We need to, you know. But sure, if they if you say you're Santa these days, they'll lock you up and throw you in prison. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I will say every job I've worked... Yeah, I feel like, you know, you can't have a teacher dress up as Santa. I know what you're thinking, but I went to school in 1986 and the teacher dressed up as Santa and then we all dressed up as his elves. Now, you see, different different time back then, wasn't it? No one in that profession is dressing like Father Christmas. And if they are, they shouldn't be. There's been a course on that and they're no, they're not meant to. <laughs> but not allowed. I feel like the Kevin Mahan Santa is coming eventually. Yeah. And it's going to be a great day. I feel that's a, that's a third act part of my you know that's not now you'll grow into it later on i think and it's going to be great and i can't wait but well i I will i will have to wait i was santa for a bit on the lincoln stand-up circuit but that was your original character yes santa chaplin yes who was a sort of grotty working men's club comedian with all mince pie and alcohol in his beard and you, you would do that when we would do gigs around Christmas. You'd come out, it was like a special treat. Sam would do his, yeah. his foul stand-up character. Yeah. And then when we were in Edinburgh doing our show there, again, it was August. And strangely <laughs> enough, uh, Father Christmas came out again as yeah. well. And I just uh, it was I upset very, everyone with that. Very not festive again, because no. again, it was August. I don't think I lend myself to the character, but I feel, I feel like you do. But it's it's a waiting game, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a great day. Oh, and in answer to your other question, James, of course we uh, we believe in Father Christmas. Obviously, uh, he's who else would bring the presents? So yeah. yeah, and and all these Santas that we've talked about are just helpers. We're talking about your mall Santas, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just helping out. But you know, the 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 main guy, he's on his way. He's going to deliver all the presents. So and he's immortal. Now, yes, he can never die. He can never die. He'll never die. He'll never and, let uh, you down. Yeah, it's got unlimited powers, and you don't want to cross him. But he is real. Yeah, and, and he doesn't suffer fools gladly either. So, no, you know. no. Particularly no. this time of year, the stress on him now. 
Jesus, Mary and Joseph, like a bear he was. Yeah, he was. So thank you for all your questions, queries and bits and bobs into the festive mailbag. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. We're going to go off eat our Christmas vegetables now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, I don't know. It could be. It could. It could be good. It could be good. You might have a different experience of it now at Christmas time, and you'll come around to it. Yeah. Anytime there, I was saying it could be good. I meant for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You pointing. already know it's not good, but it could be good for me. It could be I'm, me. I'm gonna see if I can cajole Joe into watching it with me to kind of make it feel a bit more festive. Okay. That might work. That yeah. might work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you've got any mince pies knocking about? Let's go do a cinema swirl. It's at that time that Kevin and Sam came back to their podcast to talk about the film A Christmas Story, the highlight of the Kidtopia Kidtopolis calendar mm. every single year in the Kidwide universe. Sam, initial gut reaction to A Christmas Story. Now, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the word now, unless now. immediately followed by, let me tell you what a great time I had, does not bode well. Typically, my initial gut reactions are noises. But I feel I need to use my words here. Kevin, it's been nice having American listeners. Oh, no! But I must say, what a load of old shite that was. (laughs) But it was both maudlin and mawkish. Wow! I've heard of Mork and Mindy, but maudlin and mawkish? (laughs) No one liked that duo. To bury the lead... I didn't, I didn't like it. Oh, would you say this is probably a good time for the American listeners to maybe log off their podcast apps? Because <laughs> those who listen for halfway and then, you know, they don't bother listening. And those who listen all the way through and get outraged, those plays count exactly the same on the yeah. algorithm. So I just figured if you feel you're going to perhaps insult an audience or a nation, dare I say a continent... The North America. Don't get me wrong, I want them to hear it. Oh, I see. Yeah, but that, I I didn't, maybe I'm exaggerating a bit there, but I I felt a bit irritated that I had to watch that. Wow. How do you think I felt? This is my second go around now. This is my second bite of the cherry. I will say, I think that as we go through it, it became obvious to me quite quickly that the festive nature of the time when I was watching it did help a lot. Okay. I did manage to convince Joe, the intern, brackets Joe, the wife. I know yep. I'm in an ethical dilemma now. Into oh, it's a nightmare. New, in, into the new year. I convinced her to watch it with me. <laughs> and I did make a Christmas cocktail at oh. the start of it. All of these things, I think, helped me. At the start, I was... Uh, and then during the middle of it, I was laughing. And then oh. by the end of it, I think the movie, I think, and we just say it, I know it's, it's hard to say at the start, but the movie ends on a definite sour, dare I say, boom, off-key note. It's a real bum note, yes. Yeah. Doesn't stick the landing there. 
<laughs> no. No. That ending doesn't suffer fools gladly, is all I'll say. No. So uh, we'll get into it, hey? Okay. Christmas story, starting off with some of those classic Christmas carols, mm. the origins of which I obviously know nothing of. See the priest roll for more on that. Deck the halls with bags of holly. Falafel. Yeah, you, uh, but you know. Oh no! Close enough. Oh, Kevin made me some delicious falafel recently, and it was oh, it was good. Oh, it was good. Oh, I tell you now. And you know what? Uh, I'm kind of annoyed that I made it for you now because I feel I can't have it again until after Christmas. You can have it again. I, you know what? I was decking the very aforementioned halls with bows of holly. Of- <laughs> Browns of holly. And I was hanging up some baubles, and there were these green baubles, and it did make me think of delicious, big, crunchy, Mm. deep fried falafel. And I was like, who, why do we even celebrate Christmas? We should just eat falafel instead, said the radical left. I feel like there should be, I was talking about Christmas decorations earlier, there should be falafel baubles, but then they'd get mixed up yeah. with the arancini baubles and the ah, here we picnic go now. scotch egg baubles. They'd all just <laughs> <laughs> into one thing. <laughs> okay, that's either a very generous falafel or a very miserable scotch <laughs> egg that you've got there. I've Actually, I took an order to the old Christmas tree decorations, as I do every year when we take them out and I forget which ones we've gotten and we have slightly too many. Yeah. But I'd say a good 50 to 60% now of me and Joe's decorations are food-based decorations right yeah yeah. we did visit a paper chase in chester recently where it seemed the only decorations that you could get were in fact food-based decorations there was both guacamole and avocado and avocado on toast decorations available for the avo head in your life (laughs) who doesn't care about supply chains or carbon or any of that it's tasty come on come on now for an american film right i was looking at the names at the start Darren McGavin is the most British name I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) Up there with Colin McWilliam, you know. You're just chaining first names there, aren't you? Yeah. Darren McGavin. And look, we kick off straight away with the whole, like, nostalgic old man narrating his childhood, which is not... We've had this before, a few times on Swirl. Not a bad framing device. I'm okay with it. Surprised this wasn't directed by Rob Reiner, though, that I think (laughs) it's... He loves that. That's his favourite. That's his favourite thing. But the the kind of... As you alluded to at the start, the references to kiddom and the kid calendar, and I was a kid, and it was kid time. I'm a kid kid world. I'm a kid. What point in the movie Mm. did the very middle-aged man talking about being a kid what point did that become creepy for you because i was at say 10 minutes in where i was like all right i'm i am going to submit the narrator to prevent now just in case yeah gotta gotta pass on the details there he's just got a little bit yes there's joy but there's a wicked enthusiasm there (laughs) as well i almost wish i could be a kid forever i don't like being you see the thing about me being an adult is i'm just a really old kid Mm. Uh, yeah Look. And having seen just the picture of a Christmas story Christmas, <laughs> where as we said before, the little boy certainly does become a little man. And I know it's a different lad. I yeah, know yeah. it's not the different it's boy. Not, didn't get him from the future to come back and voice it. Or, or they didn't get the kid to record the voiceover and then pitch it down. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I have the image now of this like 
slightly weird looking older man yeah who is the boy aged up made mm. to kind of really look like the boy for the purposes of marketing this sequel movie on hbo max and i've got this voice that's somewhere between adam west and a lobotomy it's kind of yeah it's not working for me and it's hard for that to be that's our whole movie's frame folks yeah. yes I, I may not judge a book by a cover but i may hold a movie's narrator against it when i'm putting its feet to the fire what i will say is i didn't love it but it grated a little bit i think the the way that he's speaking about stuff and the the it feels overwritten and just a bit irritating it kind of feels like he's talking to children in a post-apocalyptic society where there are only children <laughs> and the stories get passed on you yeah. know and time hasn't moved forward since the 19 i guess it's the 40s 50s yeah late 40s old time um, here if we are talking about sorry I, I don't mean to sound creepy but yeah, yeah if we are talking about the most spectacular event on the entire kid year calendar Ugh. Is was that Christmas for you growing up? Because I feel that might be overstating yeah. Christmas. No, no, no. Christmas is the big one, I think. I submit respectfully, and this again, this may be at the August when I watched it originally. Yeah. Oh, oh, the summer holidays though. Awful fond of those as a child. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you got summer holiday presents, then we're, now we're talking. But you know, Christmas, you got gifts. No one's singing "Schools Out for Christmas." No. Dealy, dealy, dealy. School's out for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but again, if the money runs dry, uh, you know, we can might expect that as a Christmas single and I, I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah, it's it's Christmas. You go to the big department store and look at the Higby's window. Oh, there's trains and uh, little men and robots or whatever. Windows, the original yeah. ads. <laughs> I did have a little... I had a few chuckles in this. There was a, a dorky kid with his nose pressed right up against the glass. That's always a bit of fun. And yeah, I, I think that's one of the movie's main strengths is that while at the same time being very saccharine and nostalgic and like kind of being overwrought with the joy of the way things were, mm. they don't mince their words in terms of like, there's a lot of screaming, gross, horrible children in this yeah. movie. Uh, and you see them at their worst. Yes. And I think the only thing we can say that was all right about this scene was that someone didn't lick the glass where the kid had pressed his face against earlier because judging from the way we go later, that's what I would have expected of the movie, really. Yes, you mentioned in the pre-spoil that did I expect this to be a gross-out film, and it's not a gross-out film, but it is sometimes a bit gross, you know? It's it not... is, yeah, it is. It's authentically gross, though, yeah. and I have, to, yeah. I have to praise the authenticity. Having been a formerly very cute-looking child that was no doubt extremely gross, you know? Being a child is disgusting and gross. Like, it, it the is, whole yeah. process of it is sort the of... The whole rocky business the eating of worms the face pressed up against things yeah snot piss shit sick <laughs> if you're lot. an anxious child you get that as well i was the, the limited child i had the sick as well you yeah. know awful fucking messy disgusting thing indeed yes. Right. And it is Christmas, though, so I think it's good to remember that it's not always a bad thing. No, no, it's all right. You can tell this is an American film because the thing the kid wants most in the whole world at Christmas time is a fucking gun. Kid <laughs> wants to fire off for Christmas. The kid wants to protect his land for Christmas. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure this was filmed in an open carry state. I noticed <laughs> as well now, we're talking like this is the 40s or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And like, 
I'd say a good half of the, the toys that are in the window there. It's like World War II stuff. Like, that's like the original Star Wars, wasn't it? Actual wars. Yeah. And to be yeah. like, oh, yeah, I saw that on the telly now. That's the, the Nazi plane. Like, I want one of those for Christmas in the way that someone may, for instance, want Slobster from Streak Sharks, like one of the villains of the piece. Pretty hardcore. And there's not enough Christmas propaganda for kids now, is there? There's not enough stuff not to be like, hey, kids, play war. You know, you might... I mean, well, see, since Ben 10 was decommissioned during the Iraq War, there hasn't been much need for it. You know, the new, the younger generations haven't got as much interest for it anymore. But, like, what's the situation here now? And I don't know about this because mm. they didn't make toys of the Troubles, right? They didn't make <coughs> toys of the fucking imperial occupation of Ireland, yeah. right? The par- they make toys of the partition. But, like, there's a good chance there now if Billy's getting the old, the old tank there, whatever it is, with the Iron Cross on it. Like, what if, like... A family member had been killed by one. Are you like, we're not buying that because it's too close to the bone, you know? It was a different time and the sensitivity levels were different, you know? Very different back then, Mike, you know? And you know what? I kind of appreciated this little Ralphie kid, his his scheming ways. He really wants this Red Rider BB gun thing. The Red Rider air rifle. Yeah. That and a packet of cigarettes was all <laughs> any little boy wanted for Christmas that year. And he's sneaking little ads for it into his mum's magazines, lying about there being bears outside. I mean, look, I'll tell you. It's a cute boy. It's a cute wee boy. He's equal parts cute and wet Tory youth activist. Yeah. But you can see that his main background is from commercials because the boy is much better at the, huh? You know, the, I've eaten this soup and I can't believe it face. Anytime he's actually needed to do a sustained bit of talking or do more than go over there and wipe the shit off your mouth and yeah. eat soup. Uh, if you have to do anything more than that, the boy starts to struggle a little bit, I think. It's very telling that the poster image is a still from the movie, <laughs> because even when he's moving, it looks like he's posing for photographs for products. But he's got a great great face acting, you know? Great little kid face acting. And, you know, Macaulay Culkin, we can say it now, at this little boy's lunch and his dinner <laughs> and the starter and main course as well. Let me tell you. And shot this, his eye out. like... If there ever was a little white American boy version of The Simpsons, you know, cute lamb, cute lamb, get that other boy out of here. (laughs) He shouldn't make anything for another 29 years because of this. I will say to you, I was surprised that the boy didn't think to write a letter to Santi straight away. That would have been my go-to now. If I was really trying to push it. It wasn't his first instinct. Is this pre-letter writing? Like in post-war, no. could the US mail service not handle the, let's frankly, let's admit it, the superfluous, superficial letters to Santa that are all, you know, all, they're all going to be ground up and turned into chicken McNuggets at the end of the day? <laughs> now, look, I, I think obviously Santa delivers some presents, but I guess on a household per household basis, the division of which presents come from mum and dad and which presents come from Santa Claus is different. That's true. That's down to the individual mythology of each household. Yeah. How was it for you? I swear that we, we've had this chat before. Yeah, I feel like early doors, they all came from Santa. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. There was your gifts from Santa, and then mum and dad would have, there'd be a gift from mum and a gift from dad, or a gift from mum slash dad. Yeah. That I think almost in every case was like a secondary, it wasn't like the main gift. And like, I tell you, if I had a kid at Christmas, I don't think I'd be able to resist the temptation of like, that's right, fucking little boy. <laughs> 
your mum and dad <laughs> we only went. We, we got you the main thing. Old jolly old Saint Nick, <laughs> see you later, bye. Believe in the myth of your parents. He didn't think you were worthy of it, but we pitched him. We yeah, got it for you. whereas yeah. our parents were like, well, now the big man's doing his business and we're going to pretend like it wasn't us. And also we humbly got you Uno, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we respectfully present something that we recognise is a bit less good than what you wanted. Yeah, he doesn't... His first instinct isn't Santa Claus. Also, the the old man narrator... What you promise? <laughs> there's a phrase he uses when he's not... You know, the mum's not latching on to the idea of giving him this gun. He says, I could feel the Christmas noose beginning to tighten. And I'm like... <laughs> Is that, is that a term we want in this film? I don't know. I've heard of a uh, bell tightening around Christmas, but uh, noose, uh, noose <laughs> tightening is a little bit extreme. I must admit that the father is my favourite character. He has that mm. kind of chaotic energy of a dad that I think transcends nationality. I yeah. got big like Friday night dinner dad vibes from this dad, except he's from a different time and a different place. Yeah. But he still brought that inexplicable dadness to him and i did like as well the phrase he used when he was reading his newspaper and he referred to the boring part of the paper as political slop yeah i would say leave the political slop out of it mate you know in <laughs> fairness we don't want any kind of sloppy least of all the political kind exactly so i like the dad he's got that classic dad energy that dad vibe yeah as he said dad. transcends time and, and place the little brother the little brother eating gruel and just getting <sighs> muck around his face again we are two little brothers presenting the podcast here i yeah. hope to fuck that that wasn't us mm. we didn't look like that we weren't i mean i assume you and i shared the thing of our bigger brothers probably assuming that that's how they treated us at points is maybe that's but it wasn't actually like that was it I hope not. I really, I, I get hell. really put off by kids being messy with their food. You know when people like show you yeah, pictures yeah, of kids yeah. and they've got all shit around face? I don't begrudge the child. Okay. The people I have the issues with, it's the adults who think that's cute. Yeah. You fucking freaks. I'm out to get you, right? Get angry at the people who have shared it and taken the picture. Who put that spaghetti on that kid's head in that picture? Yeah. Why is they putting it in black and white? What the fuck? <laughs> Why do you think? Do you think it's artistic and tasteful? Is it? You freak. Ugh, gross. We watched that Japanese show Old Enough about the little kids running errands, which is great. I love it, and we're really enjoying it. And then there's one episode where one kid was had like a, just a mouthful of egg and was just chewing it openly, and there was just egg everywhere. And I was like, you've you've ruined the whole program. You've, you've and Sam it. just watched it going mayonnaise, mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> Little Ralphie, he has a sort of daydream fantasy about using his gun to shoot off burglars. There's a lot of these. There's a lot of of fantasies. I would say the movie almost less resembles a movie and it more feels like kind of like, like a Monty Python type of thing where it's like a series of loosely associated skits. Yeah. And... If you're going into a new skit, someone may be wearing a hat or a wig or do yeah. a silly voice that isn't really... Exp- like, a lot of the times he goes into his fantasy and it's kind of like, oh, it's a little bit like the Old West. And other times it's just kind of like, I don't know, he's doing whatever because it's, fa- it's his fantasy. I will say, little boy, if you're having a fantasy and your fantasy involves owning the red BB gun, the red rifle, the Red yeah. Ranger's rifle, why are you calling it old blue? Yeah. Or is he old blue? The, no, no, the, the gun, the gun is, gun is all blue. 
It's the Go Red Rider. Nah. Fucking and it, awful. The editors of this film have really discovered the silly fast motion button on their editing console. They kind of... They just love speeding things up and having people run yeah. around and look all fast. Something I'd like say that. they shaved a good 15 minutes off the movie with the amount of times they sped up scenes that weren't funny enough. You know? Right, this bit isn't as good. You know, like when there's parts of this podcast that aren't as good, we naturally go into a 1.5 speed to save you <laughs> having to fiddle around. Yes. You don't need to go anywhere near that button. We'll do it for you. The way the mum dresses up the little brother for school, wrapping him up in the big sort of Michelin man <laughs> snow outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, on it went. On it went. If you thought Kevin doing that was a bit irritating, like the the film, it's worse in the film. It's really like they don't shy away from letting children be irritating, do they? They yeah. really don't. It's that's it's the bit. Tough. The bit is that the children are irritating, and the yeah. younger the child, the more acutely irritating that they are. There's mm. kind of a penetrating quality to the constant wails and noises. Mm that the younger brother makes you could be two rooms over minding your own business you're going to hear that yeah. and it's going to like ah! it, it travels through walls the, the little gimmick that he can't put his arms down in his because he's so wrapped up is is a bit of fun i did like that i feel like i don't know when the best time to bring this up is but i feel like the simpsons has kind of called back to some of the stuff yeah. in this, this little scenes it, and, and it does have that, yeah it does have that kind of quality to it there's kind of like the slightly dysfunctional madcap but unquestionably loving family i yes. say yeah there's very big simpsons energy and particularly the christmas episodes and all that yeah mm. i agree there i was wondering do you think that the boy won like a contest to get into this movie <laughs> like you could you could say that of many of the children in this that they won some sort of christmas contest yes. to, to be in a christmas story movie well there's some kids in the next scene in in the uh classroom who accidentally look directly at the camera so I, it does it, 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 <laughs> It gives you a little sense of like, oh, there's a, maybe a competition winner element to some of the performances here. Well, Sam, you wouldn't understand this, but back in the day, in the good old 1950s, me and some of my classmates used to pull funny pranks on our teacher. We'd all go in and all of us would wear a pair of false teeth. And then old Mrs. Smith would come in and gosh darn it, she'd ask us to take them out and we would oblige. Truly the greatest generation and the funniest one as well. Yeah. Just, how's that like... How can the movie present such madcap weird shit, like proper chaotic stuff, and then it's like, and then we just, we had a joke. The most mundane what? prank you've ever seen. It's the most mundane. Yeah. Capitalistic. You all had to buy those teeth. <laughs> How did you organize all that? And he, the, the teacher no-sold it as well. Yeah. Like, absolutely. The teacher's just like, okay, give, give them all, right. all to me. And the teacher gets... 30 kids fucking spit. Sorry, no, it's back in the day, so there's like four of them in the class, you know, one to four teacher pupil ratio, you know, because that's how it was back then. They're all spitting out in their hands. Yeah. Awful. When you were teaching, did you ever get uh, pranked in any way? Never like a class-wide attempt at a prank. No. Like, if there was a jokester, the prank is the entire class will be pitted against you. That's what would happen, right. you know? You pull some of those levers, you know? <laughs> You have the seating plan, and then you have the seating plan in bold, you know, right. the, 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 the spicy seating plan. It's about uh, diffusing those situations before they come. I, I honestly, I was disappointed. I was always hoping I would get, like, 
a high-end prank. Like, we had a, a, a teacher in our school who had a hearing aid, and everyone in our class started, like, humming at a higher octave every time oh. he left the room and came back in. Like, unimaginable cruelty. Yeah. Unim- and, but, like, you got to hand it to us. Some thought went into that. We didn't just go get a bunch of fucking teeth and wear them and then take them off. <laughs> yeah. Kids are creative in their in their cruelty, aren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's that's why I was disappointed. I was like, right, if in the 40s we got teeth and then in the naughty noughties we were doing the, the evil humming, mm. surely in the dirty teens we were going to get something fascinating, something next level. Uh, no. Too, no. Too conscientious, these kids now. Maybe that's Too conscientious. Or maybe I was just too fucking great a teacher sam that's yeah. what it was we ultimately. won't prank mr mahan we'll save it up for those other teachers who deserve it <laughs> the, the ones who really have it coming you know yeah yeah um the weak the, ones <laughs> the, um, the kids are arguing about the nature of whether you can get stuck to a lamppost from licking a cold lamppost oh well your old man's doing nothing but picking goobers and licking his <laughs> asshole i don't believe a beating damn thing that uh, don't put your tongue there no. uh, you know what the first time i saw this i was like oh i know this it's the iconic tongue on the ice pole scene it's it's yeah. one of the main things about the movie and i was like all right give it to me then and it's just the kid gets goaded into sticking his tongue on a on a pole when it's frosty it gets stuck he screams and screams and screams mm. the bell rings everyone leaves he screams some more and then they have to remove his tongue and it gets all cut up and he gets bandaged and he looks absolutely miserable. Yeah. And scene. It's not especially funny. I mean, it's funny that him getting triple dog dared into doing it after upping oh from a double boy, dog dare. I done double god dang dog dare you, I tell you what. <laughs> and at that point, you got to do it. I mean, the, you got to do it. Like. The pole looks gross anyway. Like, it's not like it doesn't look clean. It looks kind of rusty and messy and gross and it's been frozen so the bacteria that have survived are the really hardy ones <laughs> the ones that like they don't even flinch with the antibiotics come out you know what i'll give credit where credit's due there's some very good stuck tongue acting from the kid in question i, I mean well, I, Joe I, was like it looked like it was legit you gotta hope that it was acting because it really looks i don't think i could do that I, I could pretend to be stuck to something so convincingly unless they just you know back in those days just oh, stuck the kids just tongue glue. to the thing just, yeah the kid won a contest he was delighted to be there here where does the idea of a room full of americans watching this incredibly scream-filled musicless scene full of children abandoning another child leaving him to their cruel twisted fate they have inflicted upon him a room full of americans laughing at that at christmas where does that square with the pursuit of happiness exactly that's that's like really I was going to say, that's very, it's almost British. I was expecting it would be your yeah. tradition. Come on, we'll watch the special BBC show where the people cry. We watch it at Christmas. <laughs> it's a very strange thing because it's obviously is iconic, as far as I can tell. But there's no real consequences for the friend group for that happening other than the kids having a bandaged tongue and he doesn't dob in his mates he doesn't tell them off and the, and when the bell rings and they have to go in they're all a bit like oh shit what do we do i'm sorry we, we gotta go they feel bad about it everyone <laughs> just feels bad and has a bad time and there's nothing oh, oh no you missed though when the boy comes back he's ashamed yeah, well. really ashamed the physical and emotional pain crying yeah 
Sad. Maybe again, it's the nostalgia because the older people would sit around and they would they'd remind the times that great cruelties had been inflicted upon them, and they had done likewise on other people. So it's yeah. kind of a it's more of a jumping off point for conversation, you know. I guess so. All the kids are assigned to write a theme, which is an old timey essay. Yeah, that doesn't seem like that's grammatically correct. Say write theme but it must be like a report an essay about what they want for christmas and the kid ralphie thinks well if i convince my teacher that it makes sense for me to want a gun then word will get out to my mum or santa claus how or the teacher will buy me a gun i don't know i'll say is this boy does not understand the channels of communication between teachers parents and santa that yeah. is, there's a an overlap there that do, that he thinks exists that does not. Yeah, there's a Venn diagram and it is two separate circles that do not overlap. I got a Venn diagram for you. It's your ass and it's overlapping <laughs> with the fists of the wild boy, Scott Farkas. <laughs> what, what a great boy name. Scott Farkas. <laughs> and his also ran ne'er-do-well friend, Grover Dill. And basically what happens here is anytime a scene is over and they want to go on to a next scene, they'll play these two smelly boys going, running after them, sped up, and then they'll like mirror the footage and do it the other way. And then Yeah. And and scene. To just remind you that oh these kids are consistently being bullied, but there's not much to it. He does the bit of arm twisting. Uncle, uncle they have to say uncle, which is another weird American thing. And again, we're, we're into another scene where the vast majority of the sound you hear is the screams of children. I will say that, right? You are, yeah. like, iconic British, best British classic that they'll put on every year. They'll put on the snowman. And it's all... It's all soft mm. choir. Yeah. This is mostly screaming. <laughs> yeah. All the different types of screaming, the yelps, oh. wails, they're all in here. We've got Scott doing some laughing. He just laughs all the time and goes, ha, 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 It's just uh, unpleasant. But I tell you what, the music was quite fun in the bit where the dad is dealing with a bunch of, from what I can tell, sort of street dogs. He's just it's, it's The, the just next dogs. door neighbours, the bumpuses, the, have got... Right. Uh, Straight out of Bumpus Land, they got a whole pack of wild dogs. Bumpus wild of wild pack dogs. of family dogs. And essentially, they ignore everyone else except the dad. And again, that's very dad-like energy. Like, you know, if there was a swan in the county of Westmeath, it was going to find my dad and chase him, even if he was nowhere near a body of water. You know, dads have that yeah, quality yeah. to them. Has your dad ever been chased by an animal? Or been made to be confronted by an animal. I feel like I've heard nine different stories of dads and ostriches or any sort of walking bird over the years. I don't think my dad has. No. Really? A swan stole a whole loaf of bread from my brother once, but I, my dad has never had had to deal with any birds. Oh, I think the, the animal thing is a recessive gene. Maybe it was passed <laughs> on, like, skips a generation. I'll have to ask him. I'll, I'll, next time I see him, I'll say, uh, have you ever dead. had to deal with any walking birds? The gross little brother plays with his food, doesn't want to eat. Oh, this, fuck, the, this bitch, this bitch. It's rank. This was the, the absolute... Dirt worse. This is the worst part of the movie where to cajole the boy into eating, they're like, oh, be a fucking pig and smear it all over your face and get all this shit all over the floor because that's as good as eating, like, you know. Oinking, and, and, shoving and his face in the face. And it goes on. Yeah. It goes on. 
like really good. Like it's like five nonstop minutes of a boy. Like they just let that camera roll, baby. And the food is really horrible and all cold mashed potatoes. And he's like screaming and then he's fucking wailing. Oh, Jesus. Is this no. film cleverer than I think it is? And it's some reflection on the nature of memory and when you're a child. Because like if there was a moment like that, it probably would last a few seconds but you it would feel like it went on and on and on and you'd be like oh everyone's cute when i pretended to be a pig and everyone's like yeah it was and then you think back and it's like geez no it, it went on didn't it yeah. but this comes as well after the dad slams a door on the dog's ear and we see like the, the ear twitch ear. Yeah. and just kind of it's like a leaf that curls up like it's <laughs> it's oh Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, like, that's a, again, another another strong bit of imagery and noise from the uh, yeah. the movie. We go from whimpering dog to snorting or child. Fucking hell. Big Christmas news. Yes. It turns out your old man's not a loser after all. Dad has won a major award from a big <laughs> contest. Highlight of the movie here. This was yeah. fabulous. All of everything about this was really funny. I got big like Willie Loman, Death of a Salesman. Like I just need the one win. Like this, this man's life. Everything about it that's wrong. The furnace not working. The car not working. It doesn't matter because he's been recognized because he's he got a contest question right and he's won a major award. A major prize. On route to nice. Get ready, kids. Your old man's about to become a literal god. Yeah, and to be fair, the major prize arrives in a major wooden crate that you have to open with a crowbar. I've never had to do that. I've never had to open a big crate with a crowbar, and I really wish I. Oh, I've could always do wanted that. to do that. That'd yeah, be nice. Well, you know what? I, I'd settle for jimmying something open. I don't even need to open it. Yeah, just to jimmy it a little bit. Just a little jimmy. <laughs> now. Uh, right, I want to get your opinion on this. Yeah. The leg lamp. So the prize, he, he gets in, Whoa. he rummages around. It's a mannequin hubba, hubba. leg with fishnets and heels on it. Just the one leg with the lamp on the top. Hubba, and hubba. The kid seems quite allured by it. The dad fucking loves it. How do you feel about the leg lamp? I thought this was really, really funny because yeah. the idea of, like, life being so sexless back then in America. The leg lamp. That, like, yeah. leg lamp basically becomes the story of the century. Like The, the neighbourhood gathers around to get a glimpse of, of a facsimile of something sexy. It yeah. is very, very funny. Check out the gams on that lamp, though. Am I right? Oh, yeah. they go from here to Moses. I'm not sure. I, I kind of want a leg lamp, you know? I'd take umbrage with the great size of the lamp, you yeah. know? But that being said, I don't want it to be, like assume that i like some sort of like a tiny miniature woman with a little who's got desk legs you know yeah, for a desk no. lamp i think it is it captures something about christmas i'm not quite sure what yeah it, i think it maybe shows that like even your old man at christmas can get giddy as a schoolgirl yeah. about receiving a gift or notoriety or an award or whatever it is but i think they managed to make it not as like i was worried it was going to get really once the saxophone started up i was worried it was going to get really creepy and even though this is a scene that features many many children under the age of nine yeah being like inexplicably attracted to this lamp it, it managed is. to not be as creepy as i worried it might be no and actually i feel like the leg lamp would be much creepier if it was an arm lamp 
If you imagine that, if you imagine like a just hand coming out and it's and that's the lamp. And while I was wearing like worse. a sexy glove, like a, yeah. <laughs> a, a long silk opera glove. I mean, I'd, I'd be as happy with an arm lamp yeah. as a leg lamp, you oh, know? Right. Yeah. I don't know if it would cause quite the neighborhood storm. Who knows? No. Either way, your dad's going to fuck a lamp this Christmas. <laughs> Here's what you should know. It's all the information's in this pamphlet that I've provided. Yeah. And he, he plugs it into one of those American disasters of a plug socket. You know, the, where it's got the weird sort of square adapter that just sparks Yeehaw! everywhere. I'm an American and I Ooh. don't have an earth-grounded cable. <laughs> I've only got two prongs. Woo! <laughs> and that, now they're off now, because they're a cowboy probably off now to get gold and sarsaparilla and go down to Hollywood and get a cheeseburger, Americans. <laughs> Jeez, now. All, all sorts now, I'm telling you. Basically now, you need to be ready because in addition to fucking a lamp this Christmas, sorry, mom, dad is going to marry a lamp now. Yeah. And uh, this this was not evident until the light was turned on. And now the... Now the dad's turned on. It's in process. The, the yeah. events are in, in, in motion. The mum definitely doesn't like the lamp. She's not a fan of the lamp. She's threatened by the lamp, I believe, and she also doesn't like what the lamp is doing to the neighbourhood least of all her family her leg doesn't light up you know say what you will her leg doesn't light up so yeah um plugged in her leg nothing happened nothing happened but do you know what little orphan annie is because i don't i've heard the name but i don't know what it is it's annie the the musical right i know it was like a is it it's like yeah it's like one of those popular characters annie was in books and musicals is that the same annie yeah because annie's an orphan i'm an orphan i've got That's Annie. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. I realized when I said books there, I think I'm mixing up Little Orphan Annie with Pippi Longstocking. Right. You know, Pippi Longstocking basically is kind of like an interdimensional being. She 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 is the multiverse basically. It's, it's another American reference though, isn't it? It's like Love Actually having Ant and Deck in it. That I imagine for Americans they're like, <laughs> what? Whereas this <laughs> this scene here now, the famous Annie Ovaltine decoder ring scene. For well, Sam, yeah. this would have been Ant and Dec sending him a decoder ring and then he fills it out and it says, be sure to take time to talk about your mental health with your family in the next five minutes only. Yes. <laughs> Nearly says something else. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. stop. <laughs> no, no more. time. Stop. No, 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 no. Shh. Only during the ad break. Now you can win the adverts. Or the special extended cut of the Walkers ad that tells you the same thing ostensibly this year. <laughs> Then you can talk about it. Otherwise, I had a little chuckle at Ralphie's daydream where he gets an A++++++ for his theme and gets carried around the classroom like he's scored the winning goal. What was going on with the teacher here? What what was she in this? I think she was... She 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 became became English. A a, a dame of some sort. I'm not sure why. (laughs) More fast-forward motion of the bullying stuff. We just, you know, they they love That's it. That's right. Yeah. It may be Act 2, but Scup Fank is still at large. <laughs> the family's buying a Christmas tree. They're buying it from the actor Kevin Eldon, by the looks of it. <laughs> you just see them haggling for a tree, then they tie the tree to the roof of the car. And that's, I think that's the bit that reminds me of The Simpsons. Them in the car yeah. with the yeah, tree with, tied to the roof. Yeah, with a shit Christmas tree and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. There's a Christmas flat tire. Don't get mm-hmm. much more festive than that, baby. Nope, and Ralphie, for the first time, is sent to help his dad, which he doesn't get asked to do. So he just he has to hold a little bowl of bolts, and almost immediately they get knocked over and they go out onto the onto the road and he says fudge 
Well, does he say fudge? Does he now? The does kid? he to fudge? He says <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck is what he says. What a naughty boy. Um, I think this movie could have been titled A Kid's Story and you could have had 75% of the content and it'd be set in August and it yeah. would probably... Like, it feels like the movie ultimately wants you to be nostalgic or think about back in the day when you were a kid if you're at this particular age uh, when watching it. Yeah. A lot of the nostalgia, a vast majority of it, it's Christmas adjacent at best. Yeah. Helping your dad with a flat tire, you know, getting an, you know, wanting to get an A in school, shitty family dinners, your brother screaming, you know? It's just kind of sketches of childhood memories rather than a proper story of a film. I think the Christmas thing is there to kind of tie everything together and make you think that this have, has a more interesting narrative than it does. It felt like this was like originally cut up into 27 bits and then played throughout a telethon or like a children in need yeah. type of event. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. an actual, it's not meant to be watched in one big go. Michael Barrymore is meant to do a rap in between. <laughs> Ralphie gets his mouth washed out with soap. That's gross, isn't it? That's, you know horrible yeah i always thought that was a figurative thing not a literal thing yeah yeah getting fully big big old bar of soap in the mouth well you're gonna get an ulcer little boy that'll teach you but i did i found it quite funny that the mum after later on after the soaping and you know little ralphie takes the soap out oh she has a little taste she gives it a little go just to see and immediately spits it out but i think i would do the same thing i would be curious as to what it tasted like i kind of want oh yeah yeah no i was a prolific soap eater back when i was young sorry dove cream bar i'm eating that (laughs) the clues you're gonna get you know you're gonna get a four-year-old child who loves white chocolate you're gonna put him in a bath with a dove cream bar all right yeah. you might as well give me a knife and fork as you know make, make it a little bit easier you know i'm eating that thing like and i will be very disappointed now i'm thinking about it, i did fall victim to a lush product that had bits of chocolate in it and i absentmindedly thought oh yeah and then oh, you know it's, um, uh, it's, it's i know over. it may resemble ben and jerry's in its <laughs> ethics and its contents but not in its flavor not in its flavor Hey, Merry Christmas. It's a fun Christmas film. Ralphie no, not wants this to bit. say that, you know, it was his dad that he's heard all the bad language from, but he just dobs one of his random mates in, and then over the phone, we hear that kid getting Get audibly beaten. Yeah, and scream. More screams. Yeah, screaming and crying. Who had beaten by their parents' screams on their Christmas bingo card? <laughs> me, 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 me. Yay! Yay! Or should I say, ah! It's Christmas! Did every time there was screaming in this movie, I was hoping that Noddy Holder was going to come in and go, <laughs> Is that child screaming? No, he's just asking if your granny always tells you that the old songs are the best. It's fine, don't worry about it. Don't get worked up over nothing. You could tell this one was getting a bit darker because Ralphie's fantasies are going from like, I scored well on my test to I've been struck blind from soap poisoning. That'll show my parents. Yay. It was genuinely sweet relief. What a respite (laughs) from where we were. Phew, blind child. Thank God. Taking me away from actively being beaten child. Yeah, blind child was... Was it was baby ten frolics by comparison? Yeah, the, the little kid, right? When he goes to his teacher with a big, massive fruit hamper basket thing, ho ho! He does have a thing about his face where he can make himself look like a real creep. I know he's a, like a, I said, like a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
A real boy, not like you know, a Hershey product salesman. It does look a bit creepy. Were you uh, surprised to see teacher clearing up in the manner that she was? Everyone was bringing her a present, like at the start of class. Merry Christmas, oh. teacher. Merry Christmas, teacher. Again, Mr. Mahon, did you get, you know, some decent, decent gifts? I got some gifts. Yeah. But not in my capacity as a teacher. I got gifts in my capacity as a form tutor, I believe. Ah, okay. And it was right. always like kids who had had maybe a hard go of it and you had to go to bat for them at some point in the year. Or you've had to, you know, help them with some, you know, they, you know their parents are what basically want to say thank you through the medium of their child. Yeah, yeah. So I got like a pen one year from a kid. I oh, got lovely. like a, a Christmas decoration. It's just literally just, literally just a Christmas bauble. But there was one feisty little boy who smashed down the door of his English teacher's room. And I went to bat for him because I knew he was upset about something. And he gave yeah. me the biggest bar of galaxy chocolate I ever Ooh, did see. Yes. That, that wasn't for Christmas though. That was for life. That was just a thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're still making your way through it today. The idea, though, where it's like, like I have to give them a gift, that's weird. That's really weird. I think that's more of a thing now, isn't it? Is that building up into a thing, or, or was that a thing in the past? I don't know. Was that a thing? For, did you ever buy gifts for your teachers? I mean, like, excluding, say, exams, or again, like, you had been in some sort of a situation where a teacher had went out of their way to, you know, a thank you teacher moment, of which there are there are always many of those. Yeah. But was it like, oh, it's the end of the year, better cough up to Mr. Matt's teacher, give him a fucking selection box or whatever? Not that I can really remember, but I, 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 so. I see it a lot in shops now. It's like, gifts for teacher and stuff, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, not sure about that. If you're like me... And you think the image of an apple on teacher's desk is just passe. You don't really like apples. I don't know why. I've always had the image when I was a teacher of someone putting a red bell pepper on my desk and be like, ah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. So Ralphie, he's in the, the Little Orphan Annie fan club, which you know, in a way is, is quite quite cute again the little orphan Annie means nothing to me but means a lot to him he's in like a little secret club it's his lost sam it's his lost it's his lost i would have been in the lost fan club had there been one and a decoder ring would have made you know i mean would have ran circles around most of the the puzzles and conundrums posed in lost <laughs> if i decoded a message it said watch go, lost go, on sky yeah go, go to episode <laughs> season season two episode three there's uh. it yeah, and the message is just because he's saved up all his Ovaltine points to get this decoder, and it just says, "Drink more Ovaltine." Yeah, keep your regular little boy. Drink your Ovaltine. I think this was probably one of the best parts of the movie. In yeah. that, if the movie is seeking to kind of show you like how you view things as a child versus the reality of them, and mm. like the seriousness with which the child took this, like mm. I empathize with that greatly not that i had a decoder ring or anything like that or even had you know live broadcasts you didn't you know, have the you know, bbc codes these to put up if you were a coder or a home or whatever but like the idea of taking something like super fucking seriously and you're a kid and like you know, only you can realize that the music in this bit the the close cuts on him like getting out like he's fucking in the war oh, tense. that yeah it's excellent very well done and it's it's not he's not in a war or a tense situation it's just his brother needs a poo but he's exactly. hiding in the bathroom <laughs> too much ovaltine that's a problem little boy <laughs> what did i tell you about the regular family controversy time uh -oh. while, while the dad's downstairs smashing the furnace to pieces or whatever the mum's upstairs smashing the leg lamp to pieces and we don't see what happens we don't know what happens well that may well be but according to daddy's will the leg inherits the entire house <laughs> and the car <laughs> i i i really laughed at the sad dad's 
trying to repair his lamp and just as he puts the shade on top of it it just crumples and it reminded me a lot of Bake Off you know when they like <laughs> get to the end of the book oh. one little bit and then it just goes and it just collapses they always cut to the ad break at that point and they show you like a little pan shot of the shit broken cake Joe made the observation that the father mm. behaves and acts and swears quite like a sim you know he kind of gets things a bit wrong yeah, he's yeah. always his arms are invariably in the air and yeah. he's never quite clear about what it is he exactly wants it's a very good observation I will say there was a brief moment where the father not only did he feel like he had reclaimed his lamp dare I say it Sam I think he made it even a little sexier because there was a couple of very well positioned tears on the stocking yeah. which made it look yeah. a little bit provocative and punk rock and it really it was well ahead of its time but then bam shattered that leg not, shattered dreams it's shattered dreams exactly yeah not a happy christmas anymore speaking of shattered dreams ralphie only got a c plus on his theme and the teacher said you'll shoot your eye out which is a, recurring, a recurring thing yeah yeah everyone's saying that to him so he goes outside after that defeat who's there though it's none other than skunk fungus he's here <laughs> with his cruel Brock Lesnar eyes. Yes, he does have Brock Lesnar eyes. He does, doesn't he? Those kind of evil pig slit eyes. <laughs> I can picture Brock saying, hey, four eyes, how do you like your snowball sandwich? Can you imagine Brock Lesnar saying, when I say you come, you're gonna come. <laughs> I can't as well. But Ralphie, you know, he's been through the ringer and he's upset. He's had a bad he's time. He's sick to his back teeth of scrump jungus. He's really crying, and it's quite grim and sad looking. And, you know, the kid's good at crying because it just looks heartbreakingly horrible. And then he just go he goes for Skungus and just properly... And it went... <laughs> Again, another type of screaming. We have an extended scene of a child losing their yeah. absolute shit, beating another child half to death. And in the most classic, you know, childhood way possible, they go over to the child who's you know, beating another child up and be like, oh my God, are you okay? Well, I said that beating yeah. took a lot out of you there. To be fair, it's his mum scooping him up. So, you know, she would think he was in the right somehow. Oh no, your, but... your poor bloody knuckles. <laughs> the red raw from beating that child to death. Uh, scum dingus had it coming. He's, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sad for him. The little brother who, you know, probably had a face full of gruel, is hiding under the sink, crying, because... That was cute, where he's like, he's, he's getting at his desk like a little man, and you're yeah. like, would you like a glass of milk? And he's like, yes, and they close the cupboard after him. I like that. Dad's gonna kill Ralphie. <laughs> oh, little boy. And the dad comes home after the whole fight and swearing situation, and the mum gently kind of peppers in what happened, but makes it seem like not a big deal and kind of distracts the dad. Gives Ralphie a little squeeze, you know, and it all just kind of floats under the radar, and it's okay. Yeah, that's what happens when you lie. It works out quite well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice lesson for very, the kids, you know, don't... Very effective social tool the boy has learned there, like, uh, well, if, if if the lie will save you. Most of the information came out, but it just wasn't delivered with the necessary weight to it. And that's how you get by, you know? And that is why the father did not kill the son. This time, you're going to check <laughs> out the sequel to see what happened next. Did, did, did it happen? Did it happen? Finally, Ralphie's like, oh, I'm going to ask Santa Claus. Duh, come on. And so 
we go to the Christmas parade where Mickey Mouse and the Wizard of Oz characters Whoa, are all here. Whoa, it's the multiverse of madness over here. Uh, Christmas parade, is that a thing for ye? Um... I've never been to one, but there, there was a charity thing that used to happen where, like, Santa would come down the road and uh, he went in, in, like, a sleigh and they would right. play, play music. And I think you'd, you'd, you know, put a pound coin in for charity and you'd get, the kids would get some sweets and stuff. And it was a nice little thing that happened. I don't know if that was just a weird Nottingham okay, thing. A, a parade, by its definition, cannot be one carriage long, Sam. That is... <laughs> That's not a per- that's not even a procession. I'm not saying it was a parade, but it was a big moment whenever Santa came down the street in his little sleigh. We'd all come out. Some and- local eccentric in Nottingham driving around. <laughs> Look, if anyone from Nottingham remembers this, let me know. When Santa would drive down the street. <laughs> he wasn't just in a car, just like beeping. I think he was being pulled along by like a, a car. By a car, he was by in a Honda Civic. Like, mm. With some speakers on it playing christmas songs it was a big big deal how many parades do you want america you got a thanksgiving parade they, and then less than a month later you've got another parade oh. i mean again you're going for the grim months like i try and do more stuff in november and december than i would in like you know yeah april or may i guess but i wouldn't eat that many roast dinners if you alone attend that many parades in that short period of time they absolutely love a parade but they see santa they wave at santa so that's nice you know, and then off they go to the mall to meet the mall Santa. Where in the queue for the mall Santa, other than the wicked witch of the West going around causing fucking grief. And I'm just saying, if you're dressing up and you're being costume characters for kids in a queue, yeah. you got to think that the ladies playing the wicked witch of the West are at a greater than normal chance of having cups of drink thrown on them. Yeah. Do you want to me- melt the evil witches at Christmas? Mm. You're not going to ruin another Christmas, evil wicked witch of the West. <laughs> ah! Get away from me. There's a little kid with like flying goggles, sort of dressed like, uh, is it Roy Chubby Brown? It's so fucking hell, Sam. It's got that Imagine kind of- that little. He's dressed like a that, this little boy's dressed like a racist, and he just does some horrible, um, horrible jokes. No, he's he's just sort of saying, "I like Santa" in a kind of "I like turtles" way, which is kind of a sweet little bit. I and he, guess. he likes the Wizard of Oz like a nerd would. Yeah, I like Star Wars. If that that's what he would say if it was set in a different time. Old, but it's old shit. Like the Wizard it's of old Oz, shit. E- even lamer than possible. This Santa experience is authentic in as much as it's terrifying. And I think you know we talked earlier in the pre-squirrel about why there's kind of a, a different approach, you know, yep. in America compared to here. I don't think this is the typical though. I don't think. You get jostled by ornery elves and then fucked down a slide head first. <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that once they're done with them, they just dump them down the slide. That is good. Great level of restraint on the elves because I don't think I could do that job and not say, now it's time to take out the trash every single time. <laughs> yeah. And the film throws in a fucking POV shot of what it's like to sit on this Santa's knee and look at him and look at the elves. And it is... Authentic Santa experience. Yeah, horrifying stuff. And little Ralphie can't remember what he wants for Christmas. His mind goes blank because of how fucked up and horrible it is. So he just like, a, a, a football? No. Because, um, you know, you always remember football. And he gets fucked down the slide, but then crawls back up, which is a very 
childhood visceral memory thing of like get, crawling trying back to up get a back up a slide it is difficult gaming the system as we like to call it <laughs> booking and, the trend raising a few eyebrows and even santa claus when he finally mentions like i want this stupid red rider rifle says oh you'll shoot your eye out kid and then just pushes him down the slide with his foot Whee! They wait until Christmas Eve to put up their tree. Yes, it got me very confused as to whereabouts in time we were. But it I was wonder, Christmas Eve. It was, yeah. 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 Uh, I wonder whether that is tradition that we have since moved away from. I've, yeah. I know people who did that when I was growing up. Mm. Did you ever know anyone who did that? Probably. I feel like it's one of those things where Christmas technically is supposed to be the bit after Christmas. Like, that's the main Christmas. But I think Christmas is the build-up to Christmas. Oh, it, yeah. Right. You know how the week technically starts on Sunday? Yes. But it fucking Come doesn't. Come on, though. Yeah, Listen. like, grow up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, th- you think I'm going to start my week like I do on a Sunday, the laziest day of the yeah. week? I don't think no, so. That's no. not how I plan to go on for the rest of the week. That's how I'm finishing it off. I feel like this about, like, traditional Christmas starts on, like, Christmas Eve, and that's when you put your decorations up. No, come, come on. Probably and then at 6 a.m. on Christmas morning, you open your gifts and then take down the tray and you put it in the bin. <laughs> no more Christmas. That's Shove it, it down a slide. Done for another year. The fuse blows, but the dad's good at fixing fuses. Oh, I'll tell you, great yeah. phrase here, great phrase. We're coming on to Christmas morning now, right? Mm. The ecstasy of unbridled avarice. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm all right with it. Yeah. Give it another go. Give it another go. The ecstasy of unbridled avarice. Oh. Could that be a new tagline for Cinema Swirl, maybe? (laughs) You know? Because we we don't really got a tagline. No. Cinema Swirl, the ecstasy of unbridled avarice. It makes it seem high end. That can be the description on this episode. Just <laughs> ecstasy of unbridled avarice. Yeah. Maximum ecstasy of unbridled avarice, zero sugar. Perfect. There we go. That's the first time we've workshopped that in, in the episode. Happy Christmas. Hey. It's a white Christmas and everything. It's snowing. They're getting all their presents. Wow, whoopee. A Zeppelin. You know, it's it's the past. So I like that the younger brother had like a million choice, but there was one that he was like unreasonably more attached to than the other yeah. ones, which was the Zeppelin. You see, it's in his arm for the rest of the movie. I like that. Good touch Cute. there. Yeah. But it's a, a bit of a roller coaster ride for young Ralphie, who is made to dress up like a bunny, then he's offered wine, then he's given a gun. It's a, it's quite a heady day. He's made to dress up like Bruce Willis in the film North <laughs> that we watched on Cinema as well. Yes, yeah. I fucking love North. Yes. This movie wishes it was as was charming North. as North. Yeah. This movie wishes that it had a Rob Reiner directed narrator <laughs> as opposed to this weird non-Rob Reiner directed narrator. It feels like it's not been directed by Rob Reiner at all. I do like the little, like, winding down at the end of Christmas. Like, oh, there's one more present over there in the corner that Sani must have brought. And it, yeah, it's the gun. And he gets the gun. Did you ever have a Christmas miracle like that where it's like you, there's a toy you wanted and you, you it, but we, we tricked you. Christmas trick. No. Here's the but- actual gift. Because if I'm honest, and if we're all honest, I don't think any of us would have been as calm as little Ralphie and just being like, yeah, I guess I didn't get what I wanted, but it was a nice Christmas anyway. I think if you, you know, there'd be a bit of crying and sulking, I would have imagined. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not... 
I'm not proud that that might have been how I would have been, but I, I'm not going to deny that maybe there might have been a bit of like... I think if the moral of this movie is things are often much grosser and filled with a lot more screams than you remember them, then yeah. my memory of my mum accidentally leaving a street shark motorcycle in her closet because she was very stressed out that year and didn't wrap it, I don't think I calmly explained that to her as <laughs> as, as I... I was like, it was very, very, mum, sorry, mum, can I catch you there? Great, great day so far. Um, just thought I'd catch you now, circle around to this. There was meant to be a ripster, rip and ride, street sharks, yeah. motorcycle. If you could action that at some point and look, take, take all the time you need. Look, we've got all day. We've got all yeah. day. Anyway, I'll catch you later. I'm going to go enjoy these gifts I already have. But going forward, if we could action... <laughs> could action that. Could action that. Again, earliest convenience. All right, I'll catch you. Look, we do, we're do. we like a family here. We do things a little differently. Uh, so, you know, if you could get it, thank you. Best, Kevin. <laughs> Best, Kevin. Regards, Kevin. <laughs> uh, but hey, he's got the gun. The kid's got the gun, which... As a moment was quite sweet, but I was immediately hoping he would shoot his fucking eye out. Yay, armed child! He's kind of got his eye over the barrel, putting stuff in it, and I was like, I hope he, hope he shoots his fucking eye out, and he he kind of does. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. But he just kind of breaks his glasses really, and then steps on them, and then again. The problem here now is we've got like ten minutes of movie left after this. And yeah. him getting the gift, I was like, and seeing nice like, that's a perfect way to end it. Yeah. But then it was like, I was thinking to myself, that's not a great place to end the movie. Like the moral of the story is you really want something and then you get it and happy Christmas. You better get the gift you want, otherwise it's going to suck. And then it's like, Ooh. okay, he gets what he wants. But, and again, the ecstasy of unbridled avarice is brought crashing down to earth by him hurting his eye. I'm like, okay, you've done the ending and then the obvious... But wait a minute, there's more. Then I felt like we were in an absolute, like, again, I, I thought I was hearing the drones of Lost against them. I thought we were in the void. I thought, where, where are we going to go now? There's movie left. It really went off the rails. There's, he just lies about having been injured by an icicle, and that's fine, and no one cares. Because he learned about lying earlier, he said. Yes, the, the moral of the story is lying is important. Great gift. Great gift. It's free as well. There's the little weird side story about the dad being an absolute fiend for turkey. He does. The street dogs burst into the house and steal the turkey. I wrote in my notes here, what the fuck is this film at this point? Because it does genuinely start to feel like... Horrible. They're still going, but they're not really... The film should have stopped by now. I'm ashamed that in a movie that features a lot of children screaming out of pure physical and emotional pain and distress... Yeah. constant unpleasant things being thrown my way constant negative imagery that the thing that nearly upset me the most was dogs eating a turkey that was being ready for christmas i just didn't i didn't have it in me sam it really no. fucking not it made me really paranoid about the roast you know oh well, yeah i'm taking i'm taking things extra careful after this no street dogs are getting my christmas dinner no i'm keeping stanley well away from ours you know i mean sure he might get a little bit of cheeky turkey did him seeing dogs eat a Christmas dinner, did that get his dander up? I would have thought it would have been a surefire thing. Because either seeing the dogs being all angry or seeing yeah. turkey, one way or the other, that dander was going straight up. I don't know what this tells you, but Stanley did not react at all to this movie. And he wow. was with me the whole time. I think he just curled up and went to sleep. 
Interesting. Not an American dog, then. It feels like this whole situation with the turkey being eaten is an excuse to land us in a Chinese restaurant because the film is like... We We've have not to do a race. Yes. We have to. <laughs> we need to find it's, a way to oh, come on, around. it's Christmas. Yeah. Fuck. Look, you know, if you've seen it, you know what it is. If you've not, yeah. it's like, imagine what would happen if people were like, what if we did a bit where we're in a Chinese restaurant and we made it like, you know, we made fun of the Chinese. Proper had a go at them, like. That's basically how we end the movie. But it, it doesn't even seem in keeping with the tone of the film. It no, because it's not. Comes it's out of nowhere. Uh, for a movie that depicts and shows a lot of cruelty throughout, like yeah. cruel things happen all the time. But I would say it's not an ill-tempered or a cruel movie. You know, it is no. still, generally speaking, God's heart in the right place. We've watched a lot of movies on Swill, a lot of comedies where you could tell, like, they're just, it's punching down into a bucket of fish. Yeah, yeah. And it's really cruel. Like, you know, think of Dumb and Dumberer, for instance. Yeah. But, like, this movie, I, I, I don't say there's, there's no way you can include racism at the end of a movie that is generally speaking, family-friendly up until the point, and it doesn't catch you off guard, but it somehow managed to catch me even more off guard. Yes. It didn't set us up for this kind of tone. And I watched this with the subtitles That's right. on. It was racist, and it was tonally inconsistent. Yeah. Almost as bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched this with the subtitles on, and the subtitles... Oh, yeah. And they had to change spellings of things i just thought about the subtitle as being like oh for fuck's sake i've got to now participate in this thing that you've just in case you were hard of hearing or you had to unmute no 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 (laughs) No. you're gonna you're gonna get this racist bit as well yeah and those you at the back listen up and after this whole thing where you know a a turkey comes out and it still has the head and the chef cuts off the head and they go hey and then you get the voiceover saying after the, the the racism bit at the end, the voiceover going, and that Christmas would live on our memories forever. Because <laughs> like, we couldn't that's... get over these people. They were they were different from us, you see. And wow. oh my god, I like during this entire scene as well. Like the entire family are literally pointing at the Chinese people, going, "You stupid idiot!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then only in America would the sweet, cute ending of the film be a child. Asleep in bed, cuddling a fucking gun. Let's rock. It was what it was. Yeah. That's your thing, Americans, is it? That's that's <laughs> that's your one? That's your one? That's the well, one you I want. I think I'll take the internment camp three-hour war epic any day of the week. <laughs> I enjoyed myself way more than I did last time. Okay. And I will say, three separate times I wrote down my notes, this is the best bit of the movie, which means there are at least three bits that I thought really rose above the rest of the movie. Yeah. The fact that it is basically a sketch show turned into a feature means that no one bit overstays its welcome too long. But I will say, it ain't aged well. I would have said that 10 years ago, I would have said it ain't aged well. And in 2022, like, you think we're fucking clutching our pearls about this try showing this to people younger than us like whoa like you ain't passing this down so i'd say fill your boots now watch a christmas story story yeah and then once the little boy is dead and buried we can (laughs) forget about this movie and it's like (sighs) but it's it's such a i saw it 90 percent on rotten tomatoes this one it's popular people love it christmas for him sam you know tradition and look you know what Here's something that I think is very, very important to remember. 
Christmas doesn't exist in a vacuum. Right? And no. we said last year at Elf, because Elf came out in the couple of years of difference between you and me, Elf meant nothing to me whatsoever. Yeah. You know, a lot of other people my age, it did. But it wasn't part of my Christmas diet. It never became part of it. And ergo, I didn't consider it a big deal. We were doing this like uh, kind of list, you know, rank the top however many Christmas movies of all time. And there were loads of movies in there that I'm like, oh, that's the known NAF movie that no one likes, like Nativity and uh, Christmas with the Cranks and Arthur Christmas and like all, like even Fred Claus, all these movies. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when they came out. Everyone, they, they sucked. But there are people now younger than us who like grew yeah. up with those movies and it's like, fuck yeah, stick on Arthur Christmas. It's a classic because we watch it every Christmas and it makes me feel like Christmas. The actual movie is besides the point. Whatever it is, is in your Christmas. That's yours. But this one has got racist bits in it though and I'm pretty sure Arthur Christmas doesn't. <laughs> no, and look, if we choose somehow to ignore that bit at the end, it still feels like a kind of strange, kind of irritating, meandering... Like, the best thing you can say is that the moral of this movie is don't get hung up on that whole spirit of Christmas thing, because it's just yeah. a bunch of screaming and commercialization and... <laughs> It's a mature Christmas movie in that sense. It's a very... I'll, I'll invoke Greg Lake again. It is very much the I believe in Father Christmas of Christmas movies. Hey, it's God's moments, but it is trying to make you feel... I think it's trying to make you feel sad in there a little bit. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. Pursuit yeah. of happiness, guys. It's in the Constitution. You know what? I, I kind of welcome the replies in the comments. You know, come at me with this and explain... What I can't wait to here. talk about this in January. Can't because, wait. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not immediate. I'm not getting it, and I, I, a lot of it feels extremely American, and that's fine, and that makes sense for that not to resonate with me as much. Like a lot of the cultural stuff going on is North American stuff, and it just doesn't quite apply to me, and doesn't hit me with the same feeling of nostalgia. It seemed like you liked it a lot less than me. You had a good time with this. Yeah. I had your August experience of this. Yeah, maybe you should have had a, a viewing in August and then watch it again next maybe. Christmas and see how you get on. I've not had much luck on Cinemas World with, like, American Christmas films. Um, no. No, because no. you didn't like National Lampoons either. Really didn't like that. But I could kind of see why people liked it. But with this, I feel like it's... I don't know where its huge reputation has come from. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, I'm very excited. How many Star Wipes we put on top of the old Christmas tree this year then? Sam, I didn't like Christmas Story Chaplin. I think we might be approaching all-time lows here because you don't tend to give out very low ratings and I think your previous lowest rating ever was for National Lampoon's Christmas. And dare I say, I think you like this less than that? I don't know. It's hard to tell. You like them both very little. I think there were some, there were, look, we, when we went through it and I looked through my notes and we talked about it, there were bits that I thought were funny and that I, I smiled at times. And How I many times, times did you laugh, would you say? I'd say four, maybe, which is, you know, for some films, pretty good hit rate. And it's not a laugh out loud, hilarious film, but there were like little bits and moments that they I were, liked. Hmm, those types and, of laughs. And the kids put in a good shift, you know, doing his acting. <laughs> they don't they fucking suck they but, do bless them but they suck <laughs> i'm i'm I, look i need to go with my gut here and i had a figure okay. in mind and then i'm thinking oh no maybe i'm being too hot a christmas story the the american holiday classic i'm gonna give that but a single one star wipe 
Oh my goodness. Oh. Happy Christmas. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, thank you for listening to this festive episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin. It was edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you'd like to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the place to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we are at cinema swirl on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl on Facebook. If you've got any questions, queries, comments, or other stuff for the mailbag, then send them on in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. And please do continue recommending the show to your friends and anyone you think would like to listen to it. All right, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>